What's the most important resource that you have? If you really thought about this deeply, I think you'd come to the same conclusion that Joey and I did. It's time. In our newest book, Wealth Without Wall Street, The Three Steps to Financial Freedom Through Passive Income, we talk about how are we tracking that time? Well, what is the thing that we can do to get more of that time back? That's right. If you've ever been listening to our podcast and thought, man, it would be amazing if I could take all the things that you guys have learned over the last 10 years and just summarize them, put them in some way to easily digest them and take action, that's what this book is all about. You're not going to want to miss it. Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash new book and get your copy today. Uh, so Joey, my little guy, Ryan, has not been feeling good. I actually got the stomach bug yesterday and Oof. felt so bad. You know, he, 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 was, he was sick a couple of times throughout the night. Anyway, I walked out just a second ago right before we, we got into this interview with Anthony and went to grab some water. And he's out there in the little book nook, you know, just just reading. I was like, hey, buddy, how how you feeling, man? You feeling OK? And he's like, oh, I'm I'm doing good enough for uh, government work. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, kids, it's just it's just great. I mean, he just, I just he picked it. that up from you, didn't he? Uh, well, I mean, I think it's perfect for this interview. So we're, we're talking health sharing today. We've had many of you ask us questions about what we do for healthcare, how we've avoided the, um, the big blue machine here in Alabama and, and, and other major healthcare by using health sharing. And as you know, Joey and I have a million kids and healthcare can be super expensive and sometimes be preventative from, um, or, or prevent us from, from maybe being more entrepreneurial uh, than what we want to be because of the potential cost of the threat of the cost. So I want to give you just some practical uh, in my situation, Joe, I want you to share yours and then we'll jump into the interview with Anthony. But for me, like healthcare, you know, I, I had a W-2 job, worked for a company for many, many years. We were, you know, trekking down the pathway, paying a couple hundred dollars a month out of pocket for our own uh, cost. Uh, for monthly premiums. And then obviously, just like everybody else had a, you know, $5,000 deductible. And when those issues came up, we just paid this a couple thousand dollars out of pocket. And my my brother-in-law, who now has 11 kids, that's right, 11 kids, they (laughs) love each other a lot. And they, he was a medical uh, doctor, and he was talking about how he was using this thing called health sharing. And I was fascinated by what he was doing. And clearly, he's a smart guy, orthopedic surgeon, and he was having kids and using this whole healthcare, uh, you know, alternative. And I, I kind of watched from afar for a while. And finally, I said, you know, to me, this is something that aligns so much with what we do, Joey. It's it's the anti Wall Street. It's the anti bank concept. It's the anti insurance because it, it's direct, right? It's going directly to the source. And I knew that I didn't want anybody else controlling. The things, my money, I definitely didn't want them controlling my health care. And he, he shared with me different things about that. And we made that decision. I'm going to say it's 2014. Uh, I don't have it written down, but I believe that was the year we, we made that decision. And I have not looked back since. Our, we, our monthly share um, has been you know as low as $400 something dollars a month. I think now it's up to $550 something dollars a month. But it has been an amazing thing for us over the last, you know, what is that, nine years, something like that. We have participated in it. We've had many situations where we've had to, um, you know, request a, a, you know, a 
not a, not a claim. I'm forgetting reimbursement the, the reimbursement yeah. for expenses and the blessing our family has had through that and through this ministry has been huge. Personally, I'm the one who who, who writes the checks, who pays the bills for things, and but this has been really cool in our family. I write the checks, I hand it to my wife, which shows who we're sending our share to and her and the kids pray over that, that individual. Then they write a note and then they put the check into it. So it's a way that every single month, our whole family can be engaged in this process as compared to before that premium was just taken out of my, my check. I didn't even see it. It was never a discussion. We're not praying for other people. It's not even uh, thought of. So talk a little bit about your experience. Well, I'll say this. I was the guy in the corporate job who had the what appeared to be. And I say that with very specific words, the, you know, Cadillac of insurance policies from medical care. And there was some hesitation when it came down to I knew I was feeling called to leave that corporate job. And, and to venture out and help Russ for the love of all that's holy <laughs> with his business. And, but there was this question of how are we going to continue on this insurance? And, and so as I began that process, this was also 2014. So you must have just started well, like shortly before me and then shared it with me. And I started looking at the, the alternatives, right? So it was over $2,000 a month for a premium for me and my wife and four kids at the time, like our fourth was just about to be born um, maybe six months after, after I left and left the corporate job. And I was up again. I was like, this is absurd. But then I looked further. The deductible was like another $8,000. So I was like, wait a minute, I'm going to pay 24,000, just for the right to pay an extra 8,000. So I'm up to $32,000 before anybody pays a dime towards medical care on my family's behalf. And then compare that to the $500 a month or whatever it was for the Samaritan share that I'm actually in community with other believers to help them with their own needs. Like this is a no brainer. Number one, if I use the difference of the, the amount of money that I would be paying towards a premium at a, a traditional insurance company and the amount I have to pay on the share, if I just save that difference into my policies, my system of policies for infinite banking, if I have a major medical expense that was not covered for whatever reason through the share company, I would still be saving money. It, to me, it just was a it was a crazy no brainer, and as I mentioned to Anthony, uh, Anthony Hops, our guest today with Samaritan Ministries, uh, pre show, as I said, my initial outpouring of this was, I want to save money. Like it was a purely logical, like dollar for dollar. This just makes sense. To since I've been a part of this, it's now philosophically become this is what it feels like and it should be to bear one another's burdens right to be a part of the national in this case it's just national because it's not across the world but the church at large like we are all a part of the body of christ how can we help one another this is one tangible way we're doing it 
And oh, by the way, we save a ton of money. So it's, it's well, just an amazing thing. Well, financial freedom is when our passive income is greater than our monthly expenses. And we always want to bring you ideas to f- help you increase your passive income and also show you ways that can help you reduce your monthly expenses without reducing your lifestyle. This is absolutely one of those ways that you can reduce your monthly expenses if you've been on the traditional healthcare model, as well as not reduce your lifestyle. And in a lot of situations, you'll hear stories from our discussions today, how our lives has actually been improved, if that's possible, in the dealing of healthcare issues as they come up. So I don't want to take any more time. This is a long interview, but I think you're going to enjoy every step of the way as Anthony Hopp with Samaritan Ministries shares with Joey and I. Let's jump in right now. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. Welcome to the show. This is a much anticipated episode. Uh, We have uh, Anthony Hopp joining us, the Chief Purpose Officer at Samaritan Ministries. Anthony, so glad to have you as a guest today. Thanks, Joey. Good to be with you, Joey and Russ. Yeah, grateful to have you on. As Joey said, this is anticipated because we, we talk a lot about how health sharing has given us the freedom as entrepreneurs to be able to to chase down our dreams without worrying about the thing that a lot of us have on the back of our mind, which is healthcare and how do we pay for that sort of stuff. So really quickly, I'd love to just hear your background and then we'll find out a little bit more about Samaritan Ministries, which is the company you work with. My background is actually music theory and composition. That's what I studied in college and got a degree in and I met some guys and we started a music ministry group. We moved to Peoria, Illinois, because that's where all music things happen. That's not true. That's (laughs) actually where they lived. Um, And so in the meantime, when we're trying to get this music ministry thing started in the mid 90s, went to church with a guy named Ted Pittenger, who had this uh, new thing he was doing. It was this non-insurance biblical way to meet healthcare needs, Samaritan Ministries, you know, and I knew Ted from church and knew he was doing this, this new thing. And he asked if I'd be willing to help him out. It was in its beginning stages. And I told him I could help him. But I said, it's only going to be for a little bit because as soon as this music ministry thing takes off, I'm gone. And that was like 24 and a half years uh, ago. So I think after five years, he's like, whatever, Hop, you're never leaving. So yeah, I've, I've been on Samaritan staff for almost 25 years now. I would have never scripted it this way. And I know it's pretty expected to say something like this, but man, after being part of um, the Samaritan mission, seeing what God has done, I, w- I wouldn't change it. It's really been awesome. So I kind of grew up with Samaritan. I did a little bit of everything because we were in startup mode. So I was doing marketing and advertising and writing for the newsletter and taking care of um, some of the member service stuff, taking care of inventory. And then as we grew from, I think I was employee number five, and now we have over 400. And I'm finally settled into the role I'm in now. And uh yeah, it's just been such a treat to work with such a um, 
enthusiastic staff who really want to love our members and care for them and be part of such a God-focused mission. So you, you've used the word mission several times. Talk about what is Samaritan's mission? It's to redeem healthcare. Uh, and we do that by helping the body of Christ love one another through the sharing of medical needs. And uh, yeah, redeeming really is kind of the linchpin word of what we're doing. And to redeem something, I guess, presupposes that, that uh, the thing you're redeeming is in need of redemption. And for us, it's the healthcare system. And when we talk about healthcare, we're talking about the way we pay for healthcare, not necessarily the way we receive treatment from all the wonderful providers that there are. And uh, to say that it's broken, that the healthcare system is broken, probably is an understatement, but it's complex, it's frustrating, it's difficult to navigate. Samaritan members are redeeming healthcare in a variety of ways, I think principally through their loving one another in such a practical way through the sharing of medical burdens. But just four quick ways is that a lot of our healthcare is expensive, it's impersonal, it's intrusive. And for the follower of Jesus, it can be objectionable. Samaritan members do healthcare in a way that instead of it being expensive, it's often a fraction of the cost of insurance. Instead of the impersonal nature of insurance, um, it's highly personal. You know, there's not this just sterile transaction that makes you want to stab yourself in the head with scissors because you're tired of dealing with an insurance company. Thirdly, <laughs> we don't have to worry about the intrusive nature of healthcare. Um, for most folks, when a third party comes and interferes, that's a pretty frustrating process too. Samaritan members redeem it by directing their own healthcare, which has a host of benefits. And then fourthly, uh, we don't have to worry that the healthcare treatments that we uh, share or that we pay for violate our faith and values. So yeah, redeeming healthcare is, is the mission and it's really exciting to be part of that. I, I love those four. I'm glad you mentioned those because I wouldn't have been able to think about those in terms of categories, but I'd love to break when each one of those down to show the differences. So if, like start with the expense and yeah. uh, how does it typically compare health sharing versus traditional health insurance? Yeah. I think it was two or three years ago that the stat came out from Kaiser or somebody that the cost of a premium yearly for a family of four was now over $20,000, which at most Honda dealers gets you a pretty good Civic. So it's like, <laughs> that's, that's tough to swallow. So increasingly we would have, we have prospective members saying my insurance premiums killing me. My mortgage now costs less than my premium. So it's not, it's not uh, atypical to hear prospective members saying that their insurance premiums are 1500 bucks, 2000 bucks. And then that's not even considering the deductible. A lot of times in order to be able to afford the premium, you got to sacrifice there. So now you're like $5,000, $10,000 out of pocket before you even see a penny. Uh, so yeah, the, the uh, cost certainly is uh, an enormous component of it. And so give an idea of what it would cost in health sharing compared sure. to that. Yeah, the monthly shares at Samaritan range from $100 for a, a, a young single in our basic program, and we can break those down, uh, to I believe 555 for a very large family in our classic program, which is the more comprehensive program out of the two. So that span, 100 to 555 is what members pay on a monthly basis. And you said specifically the word share. Yeah. Explain that. Like, why is it called a share versus a premium? 
the whole lexicon and vocabulary has changed, which is, you know, kind of frustrating for us who are used to insurance. It was for me back in the 90s when Ted was explaining what Samaritan was. I'm like, hold on, I don't understand all of these different terms. And that's not to be obtuse or just to be cute semantically. It's because this is a fundamentally different paradigm than insurance. And so when we say share, we mean it's the monthly amount that you would pay for or in insurance parlance, it would be a premium. Uh, the reason that we make this distinction between healthcare sharing and insurance is because they really are different animals. Insurance really is a contract where one party is agreeing to be legally responsible for and assume the risk of loss for another party in exchange for a premium. Healthcare sharing is a, a group of like-minded people agreeing to assist one another voluntarily. It's kind of like crowdfunding where a group of people come together and we say, all right, we're all in it. If somebody has a need in the group, we're going to come together and we're going to take care of it. Um, so that's what we mean when we say share. The, even though the language can be a little trippy at first, members catch on um, uh, relatively fast. So let's well, break down the, the second point that you, you had four different points here. First point was expense. Second point was what again? Yeah, the impersonal nature of most healthcare. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've just was talking to a friend the other day who was haggling with an insurance company and they're at their wits end. You know, it's just been months and months of uh, of haggling and it's awful and it, you know, sucks years off of your life. It seems like when you have to go through that process. And so the impersonal nature, Samaritan members have not just the connection with each other, which we can kind of uh, dig into, but you know, because they're very much connected with each other month after month, because they're sharing not only in the financial need, but they're praying for one another, sending cards and notes of encouragement. Uh, but then there's also the experience of members talking to our member care center. And these men and women who serve our members are fantastic. They not only are they competent and patient to be able to help a member with his or her problem, but they really are ministering to our members in a time of need. Healthcare has a, a wide variety of um, experiences, you know, ranging from happy things like a baby being born to maybe a chronic condition or somebody has passed away. And so to have somebody on the other line talking to a member who's able to stop and pray for them and truly see them and hear them and understand them is huge. We have members all the time who um, share their experience and say, we just, Blue Cross Blue Shield never did this for us. It was such a personal approach. Well, I'll jump in there because my wife had this exact experience. So one of our our third child. So we were at that, that $555 <laughs> group. Uh, you know, we have four kids and we, we, we've been with Samaritan, I guess, going on eight or nine years now. And our third child actually um, was experiencing many different issues that we couldn't really understand what all was going on. And and we, we were going to different uh, ENTs and different specialists to try to identify the problem. And after, you know, a series of three or four different labs and, and specialist visits, we finally nailed it down to a form of epilepsy. And I just remember my wife calling to talk to Samaritan about, okay, now we're going to have to have these specialized tests done on her brain. And we didn't know exactly what the cost of that was, but we knew it's probably going to be way more than our, our normal uh, allotment and wanted to go through that for the first time. 
And, you know, she's very analytical. She's just thinking through all this stuff. And I just remember her telling me how the person said, well, first, do you mind if we just pray? Mm. And like my wife just broke down in tears because that was, you know, obviously she has her baby in her mind and she's wanting to be a steward of the money. But at the same time, all of this is a, a major burden. And I just remember her telling me what what a difference that was for her to have that person just stop and pray through that. And then on top of that, to say, by the way, all of these other visits that you did, we need the receipts because all of that will go toward um, your, your, you know, redemption or uh, I forget the proper words for it. And, and she was like, really? Like she wouldn't, we didn't even consider all of those things. She said, no, but this was all based upon this one thing and and so all of that is a shareable expense and it was just a completely different experience than you've ever had right one you call any of the major healthcare companies and you sit on hold after you go through 1400 different auto responders and if you finally get the one person who could care less right that they're talking to you because i mean they get paid the same amount no matter what it, it's definitely a different experience i, I really appreciate you sharing that i, I can totally relate with the impersonal nature well, can I, I want to I want to add one thing to that too, Russ. Okay, so go ahead. We had our fifth daughter through Samaritan, and you want to talk about the personal nature of the share. And it's, I love the fact that it's called a share because um, when we went through that, we we paid all of the expense of her, you know, her prenatal visits and and all the all the whole cost of the the hospital, everything. And we started to receive the reimbursement, the shares, mm-hmm. and they are all individual checks from families all over the country with some of them even including handwritten notes and personal cards. Congratulations on your new baby. I'm praying for Tyndall and I'm so excited for your new child and children are a blessing from the Lord. Scripture being shared like I'm talking piles of these. I wish I had taken a picture of it, but there's just no comparison to the fact of that experience versus our previous four daughters being born through a traditional insurance type of situation and and just getting a ridiculous bill and then having to pay it and nobody thanking you for anything, let alone your money. Well, I think, and that goes into the third point, right? Is the third point is avoiding the third party intrusion. Uh, Talk a little bit about that. I know Joey, you and I have plenty of personal experiences of how going direct to the doctors have benefited us, but talk a little bit uh, about that. If you would Anthony. Unfortunately, a lot of our healthcare is paid for involving third parties who even though they have very little insight into your specific situation, they often have an inordinate amount of influence on when you receive treatment, what kind of treatment you receive. These should be decisions between a patient and a provider. And so as Samaritan members, we're able to completely direct our own healthcare. So many advantages to that ranging from you decide, your, your family in conjunction with your provider determine how you want to address treatment, whether that's we want to do it with more natural means you know some members decide instead of going uh, if they're diagnosed with cancer instead of going a traditional chemotherapy route 
they'll do something that is a more natural alternative treatment. Okay, you know, the guideline that Samaritan has is as long as your provider is licensed to practice medicine in your, your particular state, go for it because you and your doctor uh, know best to make that decision. The other aspect is just um, that they are more engaged. As members were engaged, we can make better decisions. You know, part of the reason we're in the mess we are is we've divorced uh, the consumer from who's actually paying for healthcare. If it's the government or my employer um, that's paying for healthcare, pretty soon I, I'm just, I don't really have context for cost. I know that I've got my premium, but now it doesn't matter to me. So yeah, the intrusion part is that there's another side of the freedom. I get to choose my own provider, but members are also being wise consumers. We give a tool called Healthcare Blue Book that enables me to compare in my area to say this treatment um, costs such and such here, uh, whereas at you know hospital Y it costs something else. It's startling, guys, that at the disparity that exists with pricing. You know, just as a quick example, um, there are so many opportunities, not just with hospitals, you know, like if, if we're if we're banged up or burned or mangled, hospitals are great for trauma care. But with all this other kind of care, chronic or non-emergency, we there's so much innovation. Now we have surgery centers and telehealth, even um, DPCs or direct primary care. So in in the Peoria area, one hospital charges one hundred and seventy thousand for spinal fusion. That's the room rental that doesn't cover the doctor or the anesthesiologist. We also have a, a, a clinic in the area called Prairie Spine and um, Pain Institute. Same spinal fusion, $30 or $30. That'd really be a deal. $30,000 compared to $170,000, all inclusive. And they'll bring you dinner when you're released. So, you know, with a little bit of education, members still are empowered to make their own decision. But the education component just opens up a bunch of possibilities to keep that chair low. I just read this comment. It was so drawing joy. I wanted to share it. I realized that my time is not really mine. It's my company's. Now I have to stop negotiating my time for money and I need to start working to become financially free. That's exactly how I felt when my daughter Adler asked me on the way to school, dad, can you pick me up from school today? And I had to say, no, baby, I have to go to work. That's where I drew the line. In order for you to be clear on the things you need to do and stop doing and to know who you need to become so that you can stop trading time for money, join us right now at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash passport. Now let's get back to this episode. Well, and one of the things I love about the ability to, um, to choose the doctor is so oftentimes I have found people who want to go see a specific doctor or a specific dentist. And what's the first question they ask? Yeah. Are they in my network? Yeah. And unfortunately, if they're not in the network, then that dictates the decision, right? Because I've been paying in their minds. I've been paying for this premium. I'm paying to have this coverage. And now if the doctor I want to see is not in my network, then I just can't do it. I'm just going to go see someone else. They go see someone who's impersonal to them. Maybe they don't have a personal relationship. Maybe they haven't been highly referred. But because now the cost has now dictated the care, right? And, and to me, I think that that's so sad that we 
we, in most situations, as you just explained, we probably are getting more more uh, personalized care in that one clinic than you are in a hospital environment. Not always perfect, but generalized statement, they're probably true. And if for a fraction of the cost, but if I was doing it through a, a specified um, healthcare company, I might be in network at that one, and that's the one I end up going to. And, and so I, I, I've seen that so often. You talked about other things. My, my brother-in-law is a, a physician, and he talks about the panel in which they are dictating the type of care people are getting because it is dictated by the reimbursements that come from the healthcare company. So they have to prescribe certain things to, uh, to patients based upon certain illnesses and certain um, uh, diseases or so forth. If they don't, it dictates their reimbursement rate from the healthcare provider. So yeah. now, again, we're somewhat influencing doctors' decisions between the what should be between the patient and the doctor. We're bringing a third party in there that's making this whole financial thing get a little blurry. That's absolutely right. Yeah. To your personalized approach comment, one of my friends went in for his yearly physical. Doctor does the physical. My friend takes out a, a list of issues he wanted to describe um, or talk to the doctor about. Doctor puts up his hand, says, we can't we can't do that. You got to make a separate appointment to talk about these issues. I have, cause it has to be billed differently. And my friend reminded his doctor, Hey, remember I, I don't have insurance. I do this healthcare sharing thing. The doctor's countenance changes completely. And he says, Oh, that's right. We can talk about anything you want. I mean, that's insane that we're at that place, but that's where we're at. And one final word about healthcare blue book, when we're comparing prices, most people might be thinking, yeah, you get a fair price, but you probably sacrifice quality. Not true. The correlation is what most people would not guess, which is usually the fairer the price, the higher the quality. So our members are looking not only at price, but how is how is this provider rated? Man, that's so that so awesome um, to hear like those perspectives. I mean, even having your friends experience there with the doctor like that. That's a light bulb moment, right? I mean, we we talk about from a financial standpoint what we put up with um, in terms of like the word retirement is a lie. It's like, hey, I'm just going to put up with my work because I'm going to retire one day. Well, what do we put up with as it relates to our own health care? Because people just dictate to us how we can operate and, and what we have to pay and what we do get reimbursed for. And I mean, this is just a freedom that we that we can go towards instead of you know away from uh, the things that are dictated to us the the last thing that you mentioned is about really the freedom for the believer to not have to make decisions that go against our beliefs um can you share a little bit about that yeah there are kind of two sides to it one side is the obvious of and this all has to do with um, doing something that's consistent with our values and our faith. And Samaritan members don't share for um, practices like abortion and and so or gender reassignment surgeries. So there's that obvious um, component where we don't have to violate our belief system by what our healthcare pays for. But then there's a positive component of the Bible has a lot to say about how we do community with one another and how we love one another. And um, one of the scriptures that's 
associated with some of our uh, messaging to our members and prospective members, things like Galatians 6, 2 of bearing one another's burdens and Philippians 2 when Paul talks about uh, we look to others' interests. We also like to highlight that in the New Testament, there's about um, nearly 50 commands around one anothering, you know, that we love one another, we share with one another, we pray for one another. So this kind of approach allows Christians to really live out their faith in a practical way that in this area of healthcare, who would have thought that historically has been kind of just transactional, allows us through being in meaningful community with one another to really practice the one another's of scripture. And, uh, you know, when you mentioned it before that uh, when you receive those cards and notes, nothing really prepares you for it. We, I can't tell you how many, even on a weekly basis, member testimonies we get of people who went through that process of having a large medical need. And you'd think the first thing out of their mouth would be, holy cow, these strangers sent me $100,000 to, to take care of my medical need. It's not, it's the cards and notes where they say, it blew us away, we, you know, we didn't feel alone. They were reminding us that God was gonna take care of us and we felt such a connection with these other members who we probably won't meet the side of eternity, but doesn't matter because we were all unified around Jesus. And that, you know, that's all, that all springs out of this like-mindedness of we're able to do something that's consistent with our faith. I love well, that. You know, hold just on, now, hold on, now, Russ. Hold on. What? Somebody that just is listening to this is they said, you know, is this a faith-based thing? Like, I have to be a Christian to take part of this. I mean, all this sounded good up until you started talking about being a Christian. Can we just say, let this be the reason that you follow Christ? Like, like, let it be the first thing that you're like, wait a minute, these guys introduced this to me. And, and by the way, this is, there's the most incredible benefit is that you are no longer held to your sin. You're free from sin because Christ paid for you. Um, and by the way, there's all this community across the, the nation that will help you with your medical benefits. I mean, this is, this is the best news you could hear today. Anthony, Anthony, you don't know Joey's humor. He was not being dead serious on that. That most of the people know Come on, that he's man. Being, being sarcastic. Hey, we gotta that. build the kingdom, bro. Come on. What are you talking about? <laughs> Get saved man. affordable health health care and meet the king of kings as an added bonus. Well, <laughs> I I mean, I'll take it. I mean, again, there's all sort of perks, right, in the kingdom, but that uh, definitely uh, there, there's other things that we need to, to save other than money first. <laughs> we'll leave it, leave it there. But I, I agree with you. Everything that you said there, going through the expense, going through the impersonal uh, nature of traditional health care, having third party people paying for things that we don't believe in. All of that just goes into many, many reasons why we go and I love Samaritan and our families have been so blessed through that process. All right. I'm going to jump on the the con side. I want to I want to sit in the seat of the scoffer here, if you will, and, and, and throw some stones at this and, and let you kind of uh, answer some of these questions. So one is, well, you know, how, how do I know there's enough money in this thing? I, you know, I see you three guys are doing it, but who else? How many people are within this Samaritan group? How do I know that if I have a, a major need that's going to be covered? That's the fundamental difference between this and insurance is that we don't members don't have a guarantee. That's what's so stinking scary about this is that we come from 
uh, mentality. And I think that it's a false hope because uh, you guys probably have heard horror stories too, where people thought, man, my insurance was supposed to cover this or whatever, but there's a lapse in coverage or there's some change in policy or whatever it is. But it's not as ironclad as uh, people think. But with um, healthcare sharing, we're being upfront to say there, there isn't some kind of reserve um, that's sitting here. We're not guaranteeing that your medical needs are going to be shared. Now, the reality is they have for now almost 27 years, 28 years, uh, they have been shared. And with 85,000 households, 280,000 members, we were working with about $30 million a month, every single month that's being shared among our members. So there's a pretty impressive track history, but it does come down to faith. But I think at a more granular level, somebody is wondering, all right, let's say I have a medical need. Two things I'm worried about of it not getting shared. One is what if somebody doesn't send to me? Two, what if it's just an exorbitant amount? The first one is, uh, I think, satisfied in the fact that the sharing process is highly coordinated and organized. Healthcare sharing Samaritan style isn't, let's pass a hat, cross our fingers, hope you get enough. You need 50,000? All right, well, we'll see. You know, Maybe you'll get 18, maybe you'll get 20. If you have $50,000 in medical expenses, then we assign or allocate enough members to send their shares to you. Anybody who doesn't send, then we send a, a car with tinted windows and uh, you know Guido gets out and <laughs> we don't do that. But we do send to, to those who are negligent in sending, we send them a reminder because um, it's usually just an oversight. But in the event that the member still doesn't send, we that person is ineligible to be part of the sharing program. But the amount that you didn't receive uh, gets reassigned to another family the following month. So you're not left hanging. The second issue of, well, what if I have a medical bill of a million, two million, which we've had. Uh, well, we have um, an optional sharing program called Save to Share. Uh, about half of our members, 60% participate in it. Just for those things that go over $250,000, uh, it's there. And it's been for the entirety of uh, Samaritan's existence, we've never seen uh, a need not be shared, even those ones that are well into the millions have been shared. As a caveat, if there is any bright spot in such a large need, it's usually the larger the need, the bigger the discount. So that helps significantly too. But there still is a faith component, you know, so that's why for the, the skeptics who are saying, yeah, but well, we know this isn't for everybody. If you were wanting the guarantee, guarantee of insurance, because insurance guarantees some things that aren't pleasant as well, then healthcare sharing probably isn't for you. But the track record is, is that for the 27, 28 years members have been doing this, medical needs get shared. Well, I, I can tell you from a, a timing standpoint, I love the fact of being able to walk in and whenever they want to hand me 14 pages, and we know six of those have to deal with health insurance pages, I just say, by the way, I'm cash patient, so you can keep all of those. I don't need, I'm not going to fill out all that. And I don't even care to share my social security number and all that stuff with them anymore. All that stuff's related to the health insurance world. Like the, I, I'm, I pay cash and and coming from a family with my wife's a dentist, my brother-in-law is an orthopedic surgeon, my other brother-in-law is a vet. Uh, they all love cash. They all love the cash paying patient. They they get so much more money. They get it quicker. Um, and from our end, it's cheaper because yeah. ultimately speaking, as you said, because we are working 
uh, within a, a faith-based standpoint, one of the things I love about this, there's, there's things that we don't pay for, all those things you mentioned earlier. And part of it, too, I believe because we have a group of people who are, are living, you know, still, uh, unfortunately, in a sin-cursed world, right, but, but living uh, to glorify our, our Savior, is that our, our cost for normal things that I think the average person is dealing with um, and having to pay for for others who aren't living in the same way is a much higher rising cost. Um, talk a little bit about the the cost you mentioned the the five hundred to the five hundred fifty five dollars per person depending on the scenario right the family size um, how frequently has that increased over the last several years ten years twenty years whatever talk a little bit about that yeah uh, there've been I believe twelve increases since we started in ninety four they're usually every two and a half years or so a unique feature is that the members decide. In fact, members are voting right now whether or not to raise the share. Our last share increase was September of 2019. So right at about two and a half years. Um, so yeah, the, the, the increases that have happened historically are less frequent than what we see with insurance and they're more modest. You know, our last increase was 7%. And, uh, and then it's really a unique feature. I think that throws people for a loop when we say, all 85,000 households vote whether or not to raise the share. The flip side of, of the share increase not passing is that we prorate um, the members who have a medical need, they'll receive less than 100%. Um, so last month, I believe we prorated at 10%, which means that all of the members who had a medical need in that month uh, 10% wasn't shared with a maximum prorated amount. I know we're getting into the weeds, but this is an important factor, lest somebody think, oh my goodness, 10% of a million dollars is 100,000. The max amount of, that we would prorate a member is $2,500, which when you compare that to a lot of deductibles, it's like, okay, well, 2,500 is going to hurt. It's not going to be catastrophic. The other aspect that's worth mentioning is that in those prorated months, because Samaritan members are so generous. We have a member assistance fund where people give above and beyond. So a lot of times those prorated amounts get taken care of anyway. So um, that was a little bit in the weeds there, Russ, but uh, that's that's uh, how our costs are increased. Well, so one, one point to note too is uh, how many times over the last 25 years have you discounted premiums? Huh. Good question. It's not been as many uh, that we've actually had to prorate, but um, in the last five years, probably seven or so times that we've had a share decrease. The most recent being January of 2021 was a 19% decrease. Uh, that's not common. I think some of that uh, was COVID influenced because I think a lot of people were delaying non-emergency care. You know, it's just kind of a wacky time altogether, but yeah, share decreases. How many times does your insurance company send you a notice that say, guess what? This month you send 10% less. Yeah. Never. That that never happened. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, and I know we're probably getting short on time, but it, this is there's a lot of really good questions that still remain. The COVID, how did it affect health sharing? Like what what's the feedback on that? Well, from a staffing standpoint, it left us scrambling, you know, in the early days, I guess it was now two years ago, we didn't know we, in, in our own state, we were having um, 
lockdowns. And so we very quickly had to pivot from an almost entirely in-person staff, about 400 staff, to I think 90% remote uh, in a matter of 10 days. <laughs> and a credit to our um, our leader, our IT leadership and his team, they got it done. So that was impact number one. Secondly, was being able to just care for our members in a time of uncertainty. And by God's grace, it was generally uninterrupted that we were able to still serve them and, and be available. I think the third impact was um, we started to see anomalies with the way the trend of how medical needs were presented. You know, for us, it dropped off a little bit. And that, that seemed to be consistent with what the rest of the industry was experiencing because people were delaying non-emergency items. As I mentioned, that's probably the reason for our share decrease in January of last year. So I'd say those three really would be the big uh, ones. As far as did, did COVID illness uh, itself impact the shares? Not, not really, you know, that's um, as far as Samaritan members sharing uh, medical needs resulting from a COVID illness, absolutely, just according to our guidelines, the way that we share any illness or injury. Uh, so we certainly saw some, but we didn't see a marked increase in actual COVID expenses. That's awesome. Thank you for, for updating us on that. So one other question, uh, on the, more on the con side, uh, Russ was starting down that path and we didn't get very far, but one of the things is, the reason you're able to keep the costs low for shares, one of the reasons we've already mentioned several of them, has to do with um, pre-existing conditions and the limitations there. Can you speak a little bit about how, like, what the policy is there and and how that helps you know to maintain these lower costs? Yeah, yeah. A pre-existing condition never disqualifies a person from joining, so that that's a pretty important point. There are, however, guidelines and restrictions on what can be shared. Um, once a member is healed or doesn't have any treatments or symptoms for a year, not being a member for a year, but just have gone a period of 12 months where it's not an issue, then most issues are no longer pre-existing. And our guidelines give all the details on that. But I mentioned the member assistance fund is just fantastic for getting some help to those things that are pre-existing. But we recognize healthcare sharing isn't for everyone. And one of those groups that uh, it might not be for would be somebody who has a chronic illness where they are incurring regular monthly expenses. Um, this might not be the best financial situation for them. However, there would be some pre-existing conditions that because I'm saving $1,000 on my monthly premium compared to what my outlay is to pay for my pre-existing condition, that can be uh, an interesting comparison. But I, I want to speak to the philosophical argument where people, some naysayers would say, well, those healthcare sharing ministries should be covering them. A couple things. One is that insurance companies deal with the problem of pre-existing conditions on the back end, meaning that as people get sick, they can either raise uh, somebody's premium or they can just drop out. A product can disappear. We've seen that in the recent years where all of a sudden a product's gone. We don't disappear on our members. They can stay members as long as they want. Secondly, insurance companies weren't required to cover pre-existing conditions until they receive subsidies from uh, from the government. And of course, healthcare sharing doesn't receive any such subsidies. And then finally, if you think about the economics of it, how expensive life insurance would be 
if a policy could be purchased after you died or in with car insurance after you were in an accident. So our, our, our U.S. healthcare system actually incentivizes going uninsured until you're actually sick. So, I mean, that's a whole economic discussion. But the point is, you can still be a Samaritan member. There are still ways to get uh, pre-existing needs, um, get them shared through some voluntary giving. Man, I, and I, I've seen that, um, be honest, uh, just transparency every time that we've ever re- had one of those decreases, what we did is just took that extra and either applied it, you know, to uh, one of the unshareable expenses that were, you know, put on our newsletter uh, or donated it from that other standpoint. I love that aspect of it. I love the ability to bless people who are dealing with things. I know Joey's had um, some chronic health issues. Uh, he could talk about that at, uh, probably at a different time and, and how Samaritan has still been able to cover lots of stuff and reduce his cost of what he was paying for um, medication for all of those things. If you're if you're interested in this concept at all, you know, again, as Anthony um, has so clearly laid out, it's not for everybody, but it, it shouldn't be the burden that you're that's preventing you from taking a step into entrepreneurship because there are so many people, as he said, there's almost 80,000 members or a little over 80,000 members within um, Samaritan itself. This is not a small thing. This is a, a large group that is covering people all over the U.S. and even some missionaries, I believe, across the world uh, are part of this. So it's definitely something that has been going on, as he said, almost 25 years. Anthony, for those who want to find out more, where would you send them to go gain information on this subject? SamaritanMinistries.org is great. Lots of information, some good member videos, which I think are helpful when this is such a new paradigm. It, it can be, uh, there can be some encouragement and assurance that comes from hearing other member stories of uh, them being on the front end. They kind of recount how they heard about it, the nervousness they were feeling, the reticence. Uh, to jump into something new. And a lot of times in those interviews um, on our website, they'll talk about then the process. What was it like to go to the doctor and say, I don't have insurance. I do this wacky healthcare sharing thing. What was it like to wait for the money and to receive the cards and notes? So those videos are really good to gain some confidence that this has been working for folks for almost three decades. And then all of our guidelines, all of the specifics and details are laid out clearly as well. And then for people who go through that discovery process, you're welcome to give us a call. We have a great staff that helps members understand how it would work for their situation um, in a very non-pressure way just to do more discovery and then people can also join online if they get to that point and say this is right for our family that's so awesome anthony it's been a a pleasure to have you on the show today Um, we have been just everybody is asking us about this uh, when they're trying to make that step out of let's say a w2 type of position into more of a side hustle and then you know having their own passive business at some point so this is hopefully one hurdle that they can take out of the way and uh, really really appreciate your time Um, for those of you who are joining us we're grateful to have you hopefully this was exactly what you needed to hear and um, if you if you enjoyed it please like it share it um, review us on iTunes. Uh, that's how more people get to hear this good information and, and get freedom on the other side. Thanks again. We'll catch you on the next episode. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. 
Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.